His name is Tony Jigsaw Catillo. And uh, Tony, are, are you already starting to? Like, what is what is the process for you? Are, are we already starting to, now the draft is done, like start doing some rankings and start start thinking a little bit about fantasy football? Yeah, I listen, I've been thinking about fantasy football for the last three months. You never right? stop thinking about fantasy football, do you? You can't. You can't because you fall behind eight ball, and you think about this year in the NFL with all the quarterback carousel going on. I mean, fantasy rankings, they seem to fluctuate every other week. So, And now with the draft, there's, there's a lot of emphasis on rankings this year, more than probably any other offseason, in my opinion. There are. And you know what? I'll start before we get into any of the rookies or, or you know, any of the, the now quarterback situations that are happening because of, you know, drafting and especially Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. You know, what we, what do we do with Justin Fields? Maybe I, I have to start off with Aaron Rodgers. Is this concerning enough to where I'm not betting on Green Bay on anything? I think you can completely fade them in the futures market, especially when it comes to the NFC North odds. But does that also mean we fade Aaron Rodgers in fantasy? Like, how far are we taking this? Well, I think we fade Devontae Adams. Oh, uh, you know, really? Right? I didn't even think of that. Yeah, and the reason why I say that is because I've been on record on this show and many other shows that I think the number one overall pick was Devontae Adams. But if you mean to tell me now I'm not going to have Aaron Rodgers thrown in the football, I'm not going to have Mr. Love, who I have no idea what to expect, I have to back off Devontae Adams because even though he's very special, there's a reason why you know, two and two go together so well. And I, I just don't see a resolution with Aaron Rodgers being back in Green Bay. Yeah, it's and it's ridiculous. I literally just watched the odds as you're talking. I'm watching the odds on DraftKings. The Packers were at minus 110. It just moved up to minus 115. Who on God's green earth is betting on the Packers right now? Like, who? <laughs> Who who in the right mind would think, you know what, now is a good time to bet Green Bay? Absolutely not. That is just mind-blowing to me. So, I mean, is there there a point where he slips in the draft? Because this this is very reminiscent a little bit of the Le'Veon Bell situation, where nobody knew how to draft him when he was in Pittsburgh, and he ended up sitting out the whole season. But there there was always a point, there was a threshold, where in any draft, you know, maybe in the middle of the second round, you know, somebody just went... I have to take him. Like, I just have to do it. You know, he's in the second round. When do you see that with Le'Veon Bell? And if he does play, the stats are going to be great. Is there a point to which, okay, maybe I do end up drafting Aaron Rodgers in this round? Well, I think it's a little different. I think, you know, with the Le'Veon Bell situation, we just didn't know if he was going to play at all. And I think this situation is going to be completely different because, you know, at that time, there was no deals for Le'Veon Bell. Nobody was knocking the door down to sign Le'Veon Bell or trade for Le'Veon Bell, right? So we already had offers for Aaron Rodgers. San Francisco had an offer already that they declined in Green Bay. So there's teams right now that are ready to pounce for Aaron Rodgers. So I think we're going to know in within a month or, or maybe a couple weeks where Aaron Rodgers is going to play football next year. Or if so, he's going to play football. Do you think that's a that's yeah, a maybe a scenario? That's the, other, that's the other interesting part. You know, you hear guys like Terry Bradshaw come on and just bury him <laughs> and talk about, you know what, maybe he just needs to retire and be a Jeopardy host. I mean listen, he is thirty eight years old. So And that guy's proven know, that guy's already a Hall of Famer. He's proven enough to Yes. You're right. I agree. And three time M V P right so he only has one Super Bowl, but still all in all, we have to respect what Aaron Rodgers is. So, 
you know, he could just ride out to the sun. He doesn't need the money. And he's a wild card. This is a guy that sends the, the, the presents that his, his parents and family send him for Christmas back airmail because he doesn't want them. I mean, this I'm surprised if he would send it back. I mean, he'd probably just throw it in the trash right away or just burn it. No, he actually like. sent it back. He, <laughs> he sent it back. He, like, like, and he like, second-day airmailed it to show that he could pay the extra charge because he is Aaron Rodgers. Oh, that's right? amazing. So, this, yeah, this, this guy's a very egotistical human being. So I would not... Or well, at least we know he can hold a grudge second. for very long. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you know what? If he plays John, I think we're already going to know where he's going to be and, and how the situation is going to be. So I don't think his draft status is going to get hurt whatsoever. Uh, but you're, you're making an interesting point. Maybe he doesn't play at all. Tony Cotillo joining us on the Dr. Glad Regrow Your Hairline. Dr. Paul Glad, Philadelphia's leading air restoration doctor. Visit drglad.com. Follow him at tcotillo23. And at Heat Ratio Sports is where you can find his stuff and a great uh, podcast network over there and a few great shows that you can listen to um, as well. Even some of the gambler personalities uh, have shows on the Heat Ratio Sports podcast network. So definitely uh, I recommend checking that out. But I, I think... The one player, and maybe I'm I'm wrong here, but I think the player that's most been talked about in ter- in in fantasy football circles has to be Najee Harris. I- I've gotten so many different opinions about where Najee Harris should go. Like maybe he should go in the first round, or that he's going to be drafted too high. Like nobody has, I think, or there there's not a shared opinion on where Najee Harris should be taken in fantasy football drafts. So whenever it comes up in your draft. Where are you going to take Najee Harris? Uh, you know, rookie running backs are so hard, right? And, and, you know, we talked about this before in the sense that, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson changed the whole perspective of rookie running backs producing on their first year. Uh, before LaDainian Tomlinson hit the circle, you never drafted a running back that was a rookie in the first round because they always, they, they you know, it was tougher than to pick up blitz, tough to pick up coverages, tough to read the playbook. And LaDainian Tomlinson came in and was like, whoa, okay. You could get a first-round fantasy football running back, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott. So when these guys have shown in the right situation with the, with the right amount of touches that they can produce on a first-round level. So, I, I, you know, it all, it's going to depend. It, you know, it depends on what you think about Zeke Elliott. It depends on how, how healthy Christian McCaffrey is. You know, it, it depends on what do you think about Aaron Jones now. He re-signs at Green Bay. Is Aaron Rodgers not going to be there? You know, there is no more Jamal Williams. They, they don't really trust A.J. Dillon as much, so they re-signed Aaron Jones. So, you know, it, it depends on the domino effect. But I do think not there's going to be a top ten back and very well could be a top seven back, which could maybe give him a, maybe like a 15 to 18 grade overall in a 10-man draft. So I definitely think he'll be productive in his rookie year. Yeah, he'll be productive. Is there any worry maybe? Because I know they've taken some running backs in the past few drafts, and like I'm thinking Anthony McFarlane. Like, is there any scenario yeah. where he doesn't just end up taking the entire lead role or uh, he gets spelled at some points? No, I don't think so at all. And, and listen, the, the, the thing about Pittsburgh is we looked at their situation last year, and we, they couldn't run the ball at all, right? No matter who was behind center, they couldn't run the ball. And I don't know if that was an offensive line issue, if that was a Ben Roethlisberger issue, if that was just a, the, the culmination of the, offset, of the offense regressing a little bit. So I think that this kid is so talented, and they haven't seen a running back that, that's been this talented since probably Le'Veon Bell, uh, that he could come because James Connors just couldn't stay healthy. Right, that that was the problem with him. He just couldn't stay healthy. So I think there's no competition. This job is his. 
They were set on him, John, a month ago. They, this is who every mock draft had them taking. This is who Pittsburgh had, had them taking. Okay, so this is the guy they wanted. So they're going to give him every opportunity to succeed. So Trevor Lawrence um, is, I think, a very talented. We're calling him all, oh, yeah. I think, most of us are once in a generation, like this great quarterback. But then when it comes to fantasy, it's, oh, he doesn't have enough receivers. You know, Jacksonville's just not good. I mean, this guy should produce well in fantasy, and I think we're underrating a little bit just how good uh, the three juniors are. DJ Chark Jr., Marvin Jones Jr., and LaVisca Chenault Jr. It's not really that bad of a wide receiver group. Should uh, Just where do you project Trevor Lawrence yeah. this season, and, and where are you drafting him? Let's not, let's not forget. I mean, first of all, you make a great point because I love the receiving court. I it's not that bad. Do. I actually I, think it's okay. I, it's not. I mean, it's you know, you have... Everything you need. You you have the guy on the outside that can go up and get it in charge. You have the reliable slot guy, technically, that can go slot and go long in Marvin Jones Jr. And then you have the wild card in Chenault who could do it all, who's very talented, right? And then you have, forget, James Robinson, the unsung fantasy running back hero last year in Jacksonville. And this was a team that half the year was Hunter Gardner Minshew. And these guys still put up ridiculous numbers when they were in. So I think Trevor Lawrence is a wild card in the sense that, you know, if you get past that top five in, in quarterbacks, you remember, John, we talked about, you know, I, I said Jalen Hurts could be a top seven quarterback this year in fantasy. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is in that same situation because quarterback carousel that happened this year, after that top five, it's up for grabs. And he's going to be playing behind, which means he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. And he's going to be nobody, no competition, John, for for throws behind Trevor Lawrence. So it's his show, and I really like him as a top ten quarterback. Yeah, we'll go kind of both sides here, and we'll start with this one. Yeah, after the draft, you know, we, we now know kind of what rosters are all going to look like uh, now. The free agency's done, and the draft is. Uh, is there a player that you think found themselves in the best situation, or with how the draft went up their stock? Who was the player that after the NFL draft now, and after everything that's happened in the off season, you have liked a lot more now? Well, that's a that, that's a really really good question. I'm going to throw a name out there that's really going to make people probably not even thinking I, I, I would, and that's Curtis Samuel. Um, and, and, and I love Curtis Samuel. I love him in Carolina, and I love how he's in Washington right now. And the reason why I like him is because Washington drafted a speedy receiver. They already have Terry McLaurin, and now Curtis Samuel will be able to utilize his skills in the backfield and – for the short passing game, the screen game, the long game, everything. And Rob Rivera knows how to utilize him. And I really like, from a fantasy perspective, his stock went up, in my opinion, because he's going to be the forgotten guy in Washington. People are going to forget about Curtis Samuel. And he's going to get a lot of open looks. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. And he's going to be that guy, John, that you could probably dread. He finished last year as a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy. Top 12. And he played in Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater. So I think his stock goes up, and I think it's because people are going to forget about him, and you could get him late, and he's going to be a huge value pick.
Yeah, I love uh, I love the talent of Curtis Samuel. I really do. Loved him in uh, Carolina. And now with all. with Ryan Fitzpatrick, look, I'm not a big Fitzpatrick fan, but I know he does like to stretch the ball downfield, and Curtis Samuel is absolutely perfect for that. So, yeah, he does kind of fall into a perfect scenario there. Uh, so now let's go on the other side of things. Uh, which player in the draft do you think their stock has gone down? You know, because of maybe a player drafted, uh, where they landed the offseason. Just what what player do you think is stock now that you just you're you're completely going to just fade and, and stay away from you know it, it, it could be it could be in miami and it could be Devonte parker right it, because you know they draft Jalen waddle uh to go with Tua, who I, I i still think is going to be the quarterback right I, absolutely I don't get a scenario yeah. where he's not and you know Tua. the problem with Tua last year was you know he wasn't set to throw the deep ball he didn't have that utilization. So now they get him a receiver that's going to be going across the middle and be able to extend plays as what a young quarterback with not a lot of arm strength needs in the beginning. So I think that you're going to fade Devontae Parker a little bit because now he's not going to get all those looks. It's going to go to Jalen Waddle. So now those nine targets a game are probably going to drop to about five or six. And Devontae Parker needed nine to get 120. So now that five probably becomes 70. So that's only 12 points with no touchdown, and that's just a mediocre wide receiver. So for me, one of the losers, Devontae Parker. Talking with Tony Jigsaw Cotillo. You can follow him at tcotillo 23 and also his uh, podcast network at Heat Ratio Sports as well on Twitter. Uh, so moving on to uh, NBA DFS. Um, if you don't have Russell Westbrook in your lineup when he, whenever he's on the slate, you're just going to lose, right? Yes. <laughs> the guy's ridiculous. <laughs> He's ridiculous. It, it is that simple, man, because, you know, I, you know, I did one of my vignettes about three weeks ago, specifically on Russell Westbrook, because, you know, it, it ends and it starts and ends with Russell Westbrook. I mean, John, 24 rebounds last night. What, what planet are we on, right? And, and you know what's funny about Russell Westbrook? Russ loves Russ, just like Ben loves Ben. They're the same player off the court. They're all about themselves. But at the same time, when you watch Russell Westbrook, what he's doing, I mean, I've I seen something I forget. I'd love to give the guy credit from ESPN. I forget who he is. But he tweeted out today about Russell Westbrook could go 0-0-0 zero, zero, and zero for the rest of the season, for the last eight games, and still average a triple-double <laughs> for the fourth straight time. That's how ridiculous he has been. So, yes, DFS, 11,000, 11, I don't care. You've got to get him in the lineup and start with him and just fill in the pieces afterwards. Yeah, no, that's it really does where it starts and ends uh, in NBA DFS. It is just every single night he's on the floor. Remarkable. And again, it, I, we talked about this earlier in the show. It was the highest point total and one of the highest you'll oh. see in the NBA, two, 246 points. And they still, Washington and Indiana, hit that easily. Insane. I, I looked, I was like, 154 to 145. I'm like, <laughs> they'd be going to overtime. <laughs> like, like, wait a second. Like, what? Like, I was unbelievable. I mean, my two plays last night, big plays, were Westbrook and Sabonis, and combined, they had 167 points. I mean, like, it, unbelievable. It's unheard of. Right? Unheard of. TJ McConnell uh, had 40 DraftKings points last night. I mean, listen, that was the one game. John, you know this as well as I do. You've got to pick that one game. 
If you can pick that one game with that high point total and you get a couple players from that squad, you're doing really well. Yeah, my uh, my partner in crime when it comes to our NBA DFS preview stream said, if you're not playing this Washington-Indiana game, I don't trust yep. you. <laughs> it was, yeah, I love it. I love it. It is absolutely true. Uh, but what about tonight? Uh, anywhere you can lead us in terms of uh, DFS plays? Because obviously when it comes to DFS plays, it also kind of leads you into prop bets that you can take. Uh, so anything yep. tonight in NBA DFS that you like? I, I, I like the Cleveland players, and I like the Phoenix players. Love it. Tonight, I, I, I love that game. I'm going to Colin Sexton, Devin Booker play tonight. I, I love both of them. I, you know, I think it's a big money play. I think that game, tons of points. Uh, you know, if you could, maybe you could fit, uh, you know, uh, you know, you could get a Dotson for 3000 as a value guy in that game that could probably give you about 50 points. And that's what I want to let everybody know. You've got to look at that value, right? There, there's a reason why. Listen, Todd Gibson is one of my favorite players to start. 3,200 on a consistent basis. The guy consistently gives you 15 to 20. You can't beat that. that, that that's why you can play Russell Westbrook at 11-4 and be able to get points at the bottom half for that amount of money. So, yeah, but Cleveland and Phoenix tonight for me, yeah, and, and I'm a, I think tonight, LaMelo Ball, I'm all in on LaMelo Ball tonight. I think he's going to have a tremendous game. Love it. Yes, Lamel Ball and uh, Steph Curry and the Warriors taking on the Pelicans. That's got to be an intriguing game, too, for DFS. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you know, it's going let, to let's see who plays for, for the Pelicans. Right. That's always yeah. going to be an interesting point, right? So you never know. Uh, you know, you got to look at that. And, and the NBA has been tricky. The NBA, last minute, they pull guys. You know, you really got to be, you, you got to be on the part. But Marshall for the, for the Pelicans has been a really nice play. You can get him anywhere between four and 4,300. You know, and he can give you more points than Kent Bazemore that they want you to pay 5200 for in Golden State. So you have to look at those values. And that Pelican seems really good and really young. And I at least have to mention one DK odds boost. Um, Lucas Skywalker. So Doncic to record a triple-double is boosted up to plus 475. Uh, do you like wow. those boosted odds? <laughs> I, you know, so wait a minute. So who, let, let me ask you, I, I, do they play... Is they who who does Dallas play tonight? They play Miami. They play Miami. So that's actually a, a nice play. That's a nice play. You think about you know Miami. Uh, you know, listen. It all depends on who plays. I think Tyler Hero's still out, right? So you're going to get the Duncan Robinson effect. You're, so I, I really like that. That's a good odds boost, man. I like that because Luca. It's going to be all about Luca tonight. I, I don't think Porzingis is playing either. So. Um, that could be a nice odds boost. I also just like the Luca Skywalker. That is, um, that's <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> work from DraftKings. Uh, yeah, that no, is. Another, no, yeah, no, it's always good to be able to play on words. <laughs> All right, so uh, at Tikatilla twenty three is where you can follow Tony. Uh, I'm watching one Major League Baseball game right now to a kind of shocking result because Clayton Kershaw was on the mound and I thought he was going to do pretty good work against Chicago. It is a seven nothing. Ball game. Chicago is leading Los Angeles. But in terms of DFS tonight, um, I, I know our guy Brian over at WindailySports.com, he likes to, to use the two double aces. He likes to use double aces for uh, slates that call for it. Is this a double aces kind of day, Tony? It depends. It, it, you know, how much do you want to pay, right? So, you know, if you're going double aces, that means you're going to Grom and Bauer, right? So, uh, and and you're paying some big cash tonight if you're going with the two guns. So me personally, I always like to take one of the aces 
and drop down and get a guy kind of like a mid-range value, right? Like maybe about at 8,000. And, and again, don't care about the wins. Give me the innings and the strikeouts. So Yeah, there are a couple of good 8K win. range players, too. I'm thinking like Wasker and Noah could be pretty good today. Yeah, yeah, that, that's another good pick. Um, I'm trying to think of who the other guy, you know, I do so many lines. Nick Pavetta against Detroit. How Do you uh, think that, that'd be good? That was the, that's who I wanted to bring up, Nick Pavetta. I think Nick Pavetta is a really nice pick tonight. I do. Uh, you know, I, I know one lineup right away. I have Pavetta and Bauer as my two as my two pitchers. So uh, you know, I'm going. I'm going Pat Bauer for for, for the. Uh, I go with Trevor Bauer, and I'm going at Nick Pavetta. So I, I really think that um, we, we you could do some some justice right there. So just so I I ask one Phillies question, I feel like it's obligatory here. Yeah. We got to ask you a Phillies question. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the Phillies starting rotation. Okay, it's not good. Vince Velasquez is by far their their fourth best starting pitcher, which is isn't great. Unbelievable. Nick Pavetta is three and zero with a two point eight one ERA, and then also pitching today is Cole Irvin, who is two and three with a three point six seven ERA. What what is it with Phillies and, and starting pitchers? What why why can they it, not? It, it it boggles my mind. It really does. I I I don't I don't understand it. And, you know because guys. You know, we, we watch this in football with the Eagles, right? We've already seen it. We, we, we were getting killed with the Howie draft picks. They go, they all of a sudden they play. City Jones is playing. You know, it, it's like Rasul Douglas is playing. And now you see this with the pitching aspect as well. Listen, Nick Pavetta, I mean, he, he, he couldn't throw a ball down the plate if he tried. And if he did, it, it was right over Broadway and people put it out in, in, in Three Rivers Stadium. You know what I mean? So it, it's crazy when you think about it, but – it all comes down to the metrics of the pitching coach, and we change the pitching coach, right? So, uh, so I, it is mind-boggling. It is because you think about it because you watch your pitcher more than any other pitcher, right? So we talk fancy all day long. We're not really watching these guys all the time. We're going by analytics, and we're going by stats. We get to watch, or we watch Cole Irvin. We watch. Nick Pavetta, and they both <laughs> failed the eye test, right? Absolutely, so it, yes. It is amazing that you get to say, I mean, listen, good for them, but there's definitely something to it if these guys can consistently leave and do well on other teams. Yeah, I, it just, to me, tells me that teams are finding out strengths of these players and letting them know. Like I, Cole Irvin, I think, has completely changed the way he pitches, and Oakland found something that works. Um, and I know in the past, like Zach Eflin, he was being told, keep the ball high, you know, use your fastball to strike out batters by keeping it up in the zone. And he said, bleep, no, I'm going to keep it low. And it's worked for him. So maybe they are telling him something wrong. I don't know what, but something's going wrong with Philly starting pitchers. And I just, uh, it's, it's definitely glaring when Nick Pavetta, Cole Irvin, and even Jake Arrieta is on the IL right now. I mean, even Jake Arrieta was, Jake Arrieta was pitching well for Chicago early on. So there's got to be something wrong. I don't know what, but no, there has there, to be. There, there definitely does. There, and, again, listen, it happened to our batters last year, right? But but they were able to adjust. Like you watch Reese Hoskins, right? So, you know, we always say it was the melee issue last year, the launch angle issue. And, and now that he's out of that and he's making more contact. So, But we're getting to witness that for ourselves on the same team. He didn't leave. We just changed coaches. So right. you see these guys leave and go to other organizations. It is definitely telling. It's something you have to watch. Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, follow me at Cotillo23. Uh, always good talking with you, Tony. And yeah, maybe uh, maybe I'll get you out of the office and we can do a best ball draft tomorrow. How about that? Uh, uh, listen, as, as long as you can pay me my sick time, we're good to go. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> sounds sounds good. Thanks, Tony. 